Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. Israel's 24th Knesset has finally gotten down to real work this week by voting into office the nation's 36th government. The obvious expectation is thus that during the tenure of this parliament, there will be another half of a government and that the fresh Bennett-Lapid arrangement will not hold up for the duration. There will be primarily internal pressures, but the government could also face external challenges on several fronts, Iran, Syria, Lebanon, Gaza, and the West Bank, of course, a combination of some or all of these, alongside potentially new adversaries to contend with. To analyze the ability of Jerusalem's new government to cope with the military and diplomatic threats on the one hand, and utilize the opportunities on the other, we are joined from elsewhere here in Jerusalem by Ambassador Daniel Elon, who is Israel's former Deputy Foreign Minister and Ambassador to the United States, as well as the co-host of TV7's Middle East Review. Thank you for joining us. Pleasure. Also joining us from elsewhere here in central Israel is Dr. Uzi Arad, who is Israel's former National Security Staff Director and Mossad Division Chief. Thank you for joining us as well, sir. Hello. And with me in the studio here is our TV7 analyst and host of uh, Watchmen Talk, Mr. Amir Oren. Amir, give us a broader understanding. To what degree is this government's life expectancy uh, going to challenge its capacity to deal with existing challenges and potentially new ones? Well, former defense minister, uh, later president, Ezra Weizmann, uh, during one of the crises in the uh, Egyptian-Israeli talks, said that in this movie, the happy end came first. And uh, one may already see that the biggest achievement of this new government was uh, the very establishment of it and uh, the ouster of uh, former Prime Minister uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. But uh, Bibi is still there, and the baby government uh, must first crawl, then walk, and only later run. But it is not certain that it will have the opportunity to go through these uh, motions, because uh, the challenges are uh, going to confront it from uh, every direction. And uh, while the government uh, may not uh, try to seize any initiative, it uh, will probably not be uh, in its control to shape events because it will have to respond. And uh, ideologically, uh, politically, and even personally, there are various vectors within this coalition um, that will uh, pull and push in uh, different directions. Uh, what we have seen earlier this week is that two days after the government was established, there was already a challenge by Hamas um, to um, its uh, approval of um, an event in Jerusalem, an event left in a sort of a minefield by the previous uh, government. And uh, while uh, we are now a few days after this event, um, it uh, could be uh, an omen 
to uh, what will confront the government. Indeed. I'd like to refer my next question to Dr. Arad with regard to the new government on the uh, first work day of, of uh, incoming Prime Minister Naftali Bennett. We, we had a 30 minutes, roughly 30 minutes uh, meeting between him and his predecessor, Benjamin Netanyahu, after which he held uh, two separate meetings with uh, the his uh, military uh, attache, if you will, and uh, the national security advisor, Meir Ben Shabbat, who briefed him on the various challenges at hand and, and the uh, uh, ongoing challenges on a broader overview, but also specific challenges. Uh, uh, topics that he had to deal with imminently. As a former national security advisor, how does such a process uh, grant uh, the the newly incoming prime minister the capacity to truly uh, be prepared for immediately jumping into the wagon and dealing with so many complexities as we live uh, not in the easiest neighborhood, to say the least? May I add that recently, Ehud Barak, who defeated Netanyahu in 1999, mentioned that Uzi Arad, the political advisor to uh, Netanyahu at the time, um, had uh, an excellent preparation for him, for Barak, uh, during the transition, the handover. Indeed. Yes, that is true. Um, You know, it is the test of any democratic government to handle its own departure uh, in, in a dignified and nationally-based concept and uh, uh, in, accept, in uh, seeing Barak coming to office, we made all the effort at all levels, working levels and senior levels, to have the new team fully briefed and up to the task that we did. Uh, Netanyahu now did not do this because it is colored very much by the emotional context and political context that he finds himself in, he declares war on the uh, on the incoming government from day one. It's a very odd situation. But looking at, um, at, at the um, uh, what this means, well, I'm not concerned, you know, um, it just so happened that the new prime minister, Naftali Bennett, is a man known for his self-confidence. I don't think that he is... Uh, is uh, uh, timid at all. Um, I think that he's been around. He's been a minister before. He knows what uh, he has to do. He's already gathering a team around him, and he's going through the motions, uh, fully briefed by his professional staff and not by what uh, uh, Netanyahu might told him. So, um, uh, and, and besides, as uh, one should realize that in Israeli context, the power of the incumbency is immense. And now it is Bennett who is the incumbent. And all now, all serve him and look to him and his uh, ministers. Uh, his ministers are also experienced ministers. They've been around. So I think that they will get very quickly into managing the current state of affairs, even without uh, Netanyahu's uh, help. But it still remains to be challenged as a uh, Amir Yud said, because in a way, uh, Netanyahu is leaving behind him, uh, not a minefield, but also almost uh, a scorched earth, uh, in which uh, this new government is immediately facing very serious dilemmas, which could tear it apart politically, but will not 
but at the states are, at the same time are very complex. One is the current challenge by events in Jerusalem and, and Gaza, which could fester and escalate very fast. Everybody understands that. The second, which is also very urgent, is the Iranian issue, which Americans, Europeans, and others are handling these days uh, with the Iranians, and Israel has to align its policy. And then the third remains uh, the ongoing activities of Iran, which can take place uh, anytime. So I expect very fast action and policymaking by this new administration without these challenges uh, actually bringing down the government as Netanyahu might have hoped. Indeed. Well, I think it's important to note three points, and uh, Mr. Olin can elaborate on this uh, uh, shortly. Uh, with regard to Naftali Bennett being a former economy minister, a former education minister, and a former defense minister under Netanyahu, granted already the tools to be able to deal with those uh, areas of uh, uh, challenges or, or sectors of uh, uh, interest w within the capacity of prime minister. So he is already coming from a midpoint in that race rather than at the beginning point. Uh, I'd like to ask you, however, Ambassador Ayalon, Dr. Arad stated correctly, Iran is a big challenge. The uh, incumbent prime minister, Bennett, received a phone call within the first 24 hours of uh, uh, assuming his post from uh, U.S. President Joe Biden, during which they had uh, a relatively elaborate discussion between the two. Uh, there was not a lot unveiled from the substance of the discussions, other that it was positive and they're looking to work together. But it comes at a time when the United States is imminently about to uh, reach an agreement with the Islamic Republic of Iran uh, with regard to limiting or curbing its uh, nuclear aspirations within the same agreement of 2015, which uh, uh, the so-called uh, Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action. But at the same time, we, we have Bennett in his inauguration speech, if you will, in the Knesset prior to the vote of confidence in his own government saying we will not accept such an agreement, regardless if it's signed or not signed, uh, in light of the fact that it was never signed in the past, but under Resolution 2234, it was implemented and uh, uh, utilized in order to try and, and uh, curb its, its uh, nuclear aspirations. Do you see this reality evolve in which a clash between a Bennett government and a Biden administration is as imminent as what could have been under a premiership of Netanyahu? No, not at all. It doesn't mean that down the road there will be some clashes and certainly some disagreements and uh, heated uh, discussion. But I think the style will be a bit different. First of all, I think it will not, not be as public as um, uh, Netanyahu wanted it to be, thinking that that could be a leverage over the uh, administration, whether the former administration of Obama or now of Biden, which, uh, by the way, we have to be honest with ourselves, was to no avail. Um, it is true that uh, the uh, the public campaign that uh, Israel, led by uh, Prime Minister, uh, former Prime Minister Netanyahu, uh, was uh, quite uh, rambunctious and very uh, vivid uh, and tense. But uh, when you look at the uh, results, it did not really matter much. And uh, Obama and the United States reached the agreement as much 
or in the same uh, profile as they wanted to before uh, the speech, for instance, of uh, Netanyahu before a joint uh, uh, meeting of, uh, of Congress. Uh, with um, Bennett, uh, granted, he's an uh, untested, uh, let's say, uh, quantity, uh, but uh, his um, opinion or his stance would be the same, which also would reflect uh, the entire stance of uh, the, the Israeli uh, bureaucracy. And we have to remember, and this also, I think, pay, plays to the uh, uh, benefit of any uh, incumbent prime minister that uh, he may be seasoned or not in this position, but he presides over a very powerful and very seasoned uh, experienced uh, apparatus, whether it's the uh, intelligence branch, whether it's the military branch, and uh, and, and many, many uh, others. So uh, in that uh, respect, I don't think that there will be any change in Israel's position. However, as I mentioned, there would be a uh, difference in nuances, but most mostly in the appearance. And here I believe that uh, Bennett uh, would be uh, well advised to start his uh, uh, term as a prime minister uh, and uh, with uh, with uh, President Biden on very, very good terms. Uh, knowing the Americans and uh, Dr. Arad Uzi knows them very well, uh, they would really give him the red carpet and they would try to uh, quote unquote, recruit him in a way that he will really understand very well their positions and they will also offer him a, um, I would say, uh, an arsenal of, um, of instruments that can help both Israel and also, I may add, both uh, also him politically within Israel. So uh, I think that we will have a period of, um, let's say, studying each other, Washington and the new uh, administration here uh, in Jerusalem, before any step is uh, is being taken. And in any case, the beginning will be behind the scene talks. And as much as I see now on the ground, since I do not see that uh, the US or the, the uh, there will be an agreement reached before the elections in Iran, I think that we do have some, um, let's say, uh, lead time. Um, if we had the, or there was some thinking that it's going to be a fait accompli and by the 18th of June, the United States will run into this uh, agreement back to the JCPOA. This is not the case, so it leaves uh, some room for maneuver, and hopefully we will have uh, the input from Israel um, on into, uh, into this agreement. And uh, I think that uh, uh, Prime Minister Benefit, uh, Bennett, uh, would uh, probably be invited to, to Washington, and uh, we still have the time to um, affect any outcome of uh, a new agreement. Indeed. Mr. Owen, I'd like to hear more about uh, the characteristics of uh, Bennett's capacity to with, uh, withstand the current uh, situation. Of course, uh, both Dr. Arad and Ambassador Ayalon are providing a more of an optimistic uh, view of, of the current uh, situation, of course, on uh, their prior experience and, and clear understanding of the way the system works. But uh, I'd like to hear also from you uh, with regard to Israel's approach as a whole. It's not only Bennett, of course. We have alternate premier and incumbent foreign minister Yair Lapid taking the role as the person who basically is the architect of this current unity government, uh, of course, also garnering uh, uh, 
more significant investment or, or budget for the foreign ministry after a long time where it has been shunned and, and even uh, marginalized within foreign diplomacy of the state of Israel, uh, granting Israel, uh, basically Israel's diplomatic corps, new tools to deal with uh, the growing challenges at hand. Do you see this also contributing to Israeli foreign policy? And uh, beyond that, we saw also the U.S. ambassador now entering his position immediately after uh, the current government uh, has been uh, voted in. How do you see this? So a few points there. Um, the budget, uh, if it is given to the foreign ministry, uh, will be a nice bonus, and it may reflect uh, some uh, upgrade in its uh, status. Um, uh, a long-expected, uh, long-delayed um, upgrade, because there are excellent foreign service officers, but usually the uh, foreign ministry plays uh, second or third fiddle to the military and the intelligence community. And uh, it's a shame because uh, it's an unused, untapped resource. But this is secondary. We tend to personalize our leadership. And uh, this is uh, natural because for the last 12 years, we practically had a one-man rule even though it's a parliamentary democracy, and even though Likud never had a majority in the Knesset. It actually had one quarter or so of uh, the seats. But uh, obviously Netanyahu uh, ruled his own cabinet and his own coalition uh, with a strong hand. This is not the case with Bennett, uh, who is only Lapid's co-equal, and uh, he presides over a cabinet made up of seven or eight partners, each of whom can bring down the government. So uh, Bennett uh, uh, must be very careful in whatever step he takes. For the now, first time, the prime minister is literally the first among equals. Well, in, perhaps. Uh, not even that. Uh, mm. uh, even though, uh, as was uh, said here, he has enormous executive powers subject to the cabinet's approval, but he does control uh, directly Mossad, the internal security agency Shabak, and the Atomic uh, Energy Commission. He does have uh, some uh, tools in his uh, toolbox. Now, Bennett uh, was indeed uh, the sort of a number two in the government for uh, six months as Minister of Defense, but there is an enormous difference between being number two and number one. All of a sudden, the burden of responsibility sits on your shoulders. You do not recommend, you make decisions. Yes, um, in uh, conjunction with your partners, but nevertheless, you are the ultimate decision maker. And this tends to make people who were earlier brash and even childish more mature. Dr. Arad, how do you regard this? And uh, to what degree should Israel be concerned with regard to the way uh, its adversaries may be looking at this new government, uh, which is not necessarily as uh, experienced, if you will, uh, as it was under the, the, uh, its predecessor, uh, who's led this country in the past 12 years consecutively? Well, you know, to, to know exactly 
what our neighbors, particularly the hostile neighbors, think of this, we have to have some intelligence, which at the moment I do not have, but I have a suspicion that even with, uh, say, Bennett being uh, the new boy on, on, the, on, the, on the part in the block, um, they may not necessarily think that he would act uh, feebly, uh, precisely the opposite. They may suspect that because he's a character of a hardliner and because he has to prove uh, his ability to withstand pressure, that he may become no less assertive than Netanyahu was. So they look at that and try to take his measure, but at the moment, uh, I don't think that Israel is seen as uh, weak in terms of its decision powers. But the point made earlier about Lapid being around is significant. Finally, you have uh, the uh, you have uh, Gantz as Minister of Defense, so you have a troika here that will probably make decisions jointly as a sub-sub-cabinet and uh, will complement each other. Um, the problems that I will see, remember, we are, not talking, we are now talking foreign affairs, but most of the challenges that will be uh, put on the agenda for this new administration are domestic, uh, which, uh, and this is anyway what they would have wanted to concentrate so as not to come into disputes among themselves. So they want to talk and work on the economy, on, on, on transportation, on, uh, on establishing various institutions. Much of their energies are channeled now to, uh, in a way, to a recovery uh, period uh, from uh, the difficult uh, situation in which uh, Israel has reached. Um, that they will try to work on. That will be more difficult. And that will be more divisive uh, if uh, the issues are really uh, presented and they have to take action. As for the foreign affairs area, I think that uh, um, the, there is need for realignment of policies with Iran. There is a uh, situation with Europe is, is, is stable as Europe itself is uh, and the alliance are realigning themselves each towards one another. Uh, there are the questions, the pressing questions of what the Western alliance will do vis-a-vis -vis China and Russia. And there you have, again, the allies uh, consulting among themselves uh, in the aftermath of the Trump uh, presidency, how to work jointly. And Israel is always affected by these changes uh, on the international scene. So itself, it will have to do to make certain alignments in its policy, but for the better. Um, the, the only one difference uh, that I can see, and here Daniel Yellon, of course, is, is perfectly suited to address that, and that is the shortfall of our support, of support for Israel in America, uh, uh, within the Democratic uh, Party, within various segments. There is a strong uh, need, an urgent need, to recover some lost ground in America, that will probably be a challenge to both leaders, Lapid and Bennett, who will do each, I think, uh, to try to enhance Israel's 
uh, position in America. Indeed. Well, I, we don't have very much time left, and uh, I'd like to grant uh, Ambassador Ayalon also the opportunity to uh, respond to, to uh, the valid point you made about the uh, bipartisan support uh, that has been historically very robust and strong with regard to the alliance with Israel, the national security interests, which are uh, under law, but also under stringent commitments by both parties, uh, seeing Israel as a close partner, as a strategic ally in uh, this uh, relatively hostile neighborhood. Uh, To what degree is this uh, transition of power here in Jerusalem going to impact uh, the way the United States may uh, once again view Israel, possibly uh, find a better uh, balance between uh, uh, the the political uh, maneuvers within the United States. And on the, the same topic, do you see also other countries seeing this in, as an opportunity to establish rapprochement or to bolster relations with Israel? Well, Jonathan, I would say that although uh, Bennett uh, may be seen as a hardliner, he has not been tested, and uh, once he is uh, the prime minister, uh, he may act differently than he was uh, not as a prime minister or certainly in the opposition. But I would say that from Washington's perspective, any prime minister who is not Bibi Netanyahu is a, um, I would say, is a, uh, is a good thing. It's um, some uh, breath from the uh, democratic of, uh, you know, perspective. You mean uh, fresh breath for them, and um, mm. in, in that respect, the Democrats for for the Democrats, he is a clean slate. Uh, I, I don't know if he had many uh, talks with the Democratic leaders, but certainly they would reach out and would try to size him up, and certainly would like to offer him an uh, an olive branch. Um, and again, with him and with the. Israeli government. I would say that here there is also another powerful element which may be of assistance, and this is the Jewish community in the United States. Part of the problems that the government under Netanyahu and as a consequence Israel's image in the United States uh, suffered was the fact that the Jewish community, the organized Jewish community, mainly the uh, uh, the liberal sides, you know, the reforms, uh, were not on the side of that uh, government. And uh, indeed, most of them are uh, Democrats, and that uh, was uh, very much in the way between any kind of, uh, let's say, rapprochement between uh, Likud or Netanyahu and uh, the United States. So here, I think there is a benefit for Israel, and uh, hopefully, if uh, he handles himself in the right way, and here we have to remember he is uh, uh, being uh, co-piloted with uh, uh, Yair Lapid, which uh, knows the United States, they know him, he is very much liked by the reform uh, Jewish uh, establishment. So in that uh, sense, I am very sanguine that uh, relationship uh, will be now going back onto uh, bipartisan uh, lines. Respectively, uh, this uh, is uh, a positive view and, and very optimistic for the near future to the possibilities of uh, uh, bolstering those relations, which are key for Israel's national security interests. However, unfortunately, this is all the time that we have for today's discussion and uh, today's panel. So I'd like uh, to once again thank Dr. Arad, Ambassador Ayalon, and Mr. Oren for being part of today's panel. And I'd like to thank our viewers as well. And we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. 
For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.